0: Welcome to the Old Time Radio Westerns. I'm your host, Andrew Rines, and let's get into this episode. This episode is going to be The Six Shooter, original air dates June 24th, 1954, and the title is Myra Barker. This is the last episode of The Six Shooter. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy.
1: In just a moment, you'll hear James Stewart as the six-shooter. There's music for you tomorrow with two of your favorite song stylists, Dinah Shore and Frank Sinatra. And tomorrow, you'll also hear a special RCA 35th anniversary program starring another of your vocal favorite, Perry Como. Friday also means comedy on NBC, and the laugh merchants include Fibber McGee and Molly and the experts on Can You Top This? It's a big Friday evening on NBC. James Stewart The Sick Shooter. The NBC radio network presents James Stewart as The Sick Shooter, a transcribed series of radio dramas based on the life of Britt Ponson, the Texas plainsman who wandered through the Western territories, leaving behind a trail of still-remembered legends.
2: Said you were going to sleep late this morning. Oh, I just can't seem to get used to a hotel bed. Huh? The way you sink down in them, you feel like you're lying in a pile of quicksand. Well, where's Scar? Huh? Scar? Why, my horse. I thought maybe I'd take a ride out towards Saucer Mountain. Which stalls you in, huh? Well, now, Britt, I, I don't want you to fly off the handle. What? What are you talking
3: about? Well, the fact is, Scar ain't in no stall at the moment. Well, it... well
2: what's happened to him? Uh,
3: now, Britt, you know I wouldn't let anything happen to a horse that was left in my livery stable. You know that, don't you?
2: Lamb, where's
3: Scar? Just
2: just tell me where he is. Well, he, he's... He's... Out. Out? You remember
3: Jess Alden, who runs the Willow Fork Gazette?
2: Sure, sure.
3: Well, but... sir, Jess and his wife Zoe's got a young lady visiting him. Myra Barker, her name is. She's Zoe's niece. Well, what in the thunder's all this got to do with my
2: horse? No, there's, there's no need to get your head up, Red. I'm explaining to you about Scar. Well, you're telling me about some woman named Myra Barker.
3: Well, that's where Scar is at. Myra took him out for a little candor. What? Well, well, now, you see, she's from back east somewhere, and she ain't got no horse of her own, so every once in a while she rents one of mine. Well, all right, go on, go on, lamb. Well, she, she, she come into the stable this morning, about an hour ago, just when I was opening up, and she said she felt like taking
2: a little gallop to work up an appetite for breakfast, and so she, oh, she is a first-class rider, Britt. I don't care if she... What got into you, Lamb? The idea of letting some woman ride out of here with Scar. Well, well I never no, heard no, such... Now, no, 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 no,
3: no. I, I, I tried to argue with her, but Miss Barker is a real forceful young lady. She said she was sure you wouldn't mind since she was only going a short ways, and she told me I was to give you the rental fee, and here it is, but at 25 cents. So... I
2: don't want any money, Lamb. I want my oh. horse. Well,
3: they, they they ought to be back, but now Miss Barker usually never stays out more than 30 minutes. Uh. Yeah, but now, now, Brit, don't don't start fretting about
2: Scar. She she'll bring him in all right. I'm not worried about him. He'll come in of his own accord. Of his own accord. What are you talking about? I've had that horse since he was a colt. I broke him myself. Are you sure, Bitch? Sure. Why, he won't let anybody else ride him but me. Well, the last time anybody tried to mount that horse, he spooked and he threw the fellow a good twenty feet right straight up in the air. Uh, 20... Oh, you don't say! But... oh, oh. Well,
3: I, I noticed he acted kind of skittish when she started getting on, but I figured that was because he wasn't used to being rode with a side saddle. Oh, of
2: course he's skitt- he's Side saddle? You mean she's riding Scar side saddle? Well, she's a real lady, Brit. Yeah, oh, she a lady. She won't be much of a lady lying out in a bed of cactus somewhere. Come on, we would better start looking. Yeah, yeah, I, I guess so. Well, I, I'll take that gelding, and then you can take my. Brit!
3: Brit, Britt, looky there! Hmm? This is through the door. See her coming down the street?
2: Well, I'll be darned.
3: Say, I never knew Scar was a trick horse.
2: Neither did I.
3: Well, then, where'd he learn that fancy step she's got him doing?
2: Got me, Lynn. Oh, you
3: had me all worried, saying he wouldn't let nobody else ride him. (laughs) I ought to know better than to take you serious, Britt.
4: Whoa, now? Whoa!
3: Oh, now. Here
4: here, 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 Barker. Let me give you a hand. Oh, thank you, William. <laughs> I do declare He acts like he don't want you to get off. Oh, I guess he's going to miss me, aren't you, boy? Oh, that's a nice boy. He certainly is a fine animal, then. The man who owns him surely must be proud.
2: Yes, ma'am, I am.
4: Oh?
2: Uh, miss Barker,
3: this this is Mr. Ponset. Remember, I, I told you Scar belongs to him.
4: Oh, yes, of course. How are you, Mr. Ponset?
2: Well, I'm... Pleased to meet you, ma'am.
4: Oh, I hope you don't mind my bowing scar. Mr. Truett didn't want me to take him, but I just couldn't resist the way he looked at me. It was almost like he was asking me to go for a trot. Uh, yes, ma'am. You take good care of him, Mr. Ponsett. You wouldn't want anything to happen to a wonderful animal like that.
2: Oh, no. No. No, I sure wouldn't. Uh, I'm, uh, Miss Barker. Yes? I... If, you, if you'd if you like to ride him again sometime, why, I'll be staying at Willow Fort for a few days. Oh, that's very
4: kind of you, Mr. Ponson. Uh,
2: Lamb here, he'll fix you up when I'm not using scar. Oh, thank
4: you. Thank you very much. Bye.
2: Well,
3: I just don't understand you, bit Ponson. Here you was raising Cain because I let her borrow Scar, and now you're volunteering to let her ride him any time she pleases. I- I I just don't understand it.
2: Well, I thought seeing as how Scar kind of took a fancy to her, and what I mean is, he's a pretty good judge of human nature, and she does seem to be a first-rate rider. I mean, you know something, Lem? I don't understand it either. <laughs> was a nice-looking young lady. There wasn't any doubt about that. And I I liked the way she spoke right out. She didn't beat around the bush like a lot of girls man runs into. There was something about her eyes. Well, anyway, I put my saddle on Scar, and we headed out towards Saucer Mountain. A couple of miles east of town, we came into a little hollow where nobody would have to see us. Whoa, boy, whoa, whoa. Oh, now, slow down. Slow down. I, uh, I thought maybe I'd get Scar to do that fancy sidestep he was doing with Miss Barker. All right, now, boy, now. No, no, come on now. No, no, no. no,
4: no.
2: Now, that isn't good. Come on now. Oh, now, now, Star, come on. Now, you. You were willing to do it for her, now, come on. Quit that! Well, he just wouldn't do a thing. He acted like he thought I was taking leave in the of my senses, him. Oh, squit. I went back on the trail, let him travel in the style he was accustomed to. Yeah. Must have been about noon the time we got back to town and I pulled up in front of the cafe. Whoa, boy. Whoa, Scar. Whoa. on oh, you.
4: Well,
2: Mr. Parker. Hmm? Oh. Oh, Miss Barker.
4: I was hoping I'd run into you again.
2: You were... Oh, you want to borrow Scar?
4: Well, it's about Scar. But I won't be borrowing him anymore. Oh? You see, I found out I was wrong to take him this morning. Uncle Jess told me that at West a man's horse is something he doesn't loan as a rule. I'm terribly sorry. I didn't mean to be so inconsiderate.
2: Oh, you weren't being inconsiderate, Miss Barker. Uh, Back east, they probably have different customs, that's all.
4: Then I'm forgiven?
2: Oh, oh, sure, ma'am.
4: You're very generous, Mr. Ponson. Maybe you'll have dinner with us some evening.
2: Well, I. I, So that I can uh,
4: prove to Uncle Jess that I haven't completely disgraced the family name. Aunt Zoe's a very good cook.
2: Yes, I've always heard about Miss Allen. I never had the opportunity to sample her food, though.
4: Any evening at all. I'm sure you'd be most welcome.
2: Uh, uh. Well, since I don't know just how long I'm going to be stopping here in town, maybe I'm going to put it off too long. I, I, uh, I'm going to be free tonight. Do I want to tell you, Miss Alden, I've been hearing folks brag about your cooking ever since I can remember, but they haven't done you justice Well, They just didn't even come close. Right? Oh, Brett. Well, here, have another piece of shortcake. Oh, up. no, no, thanks. I just couldn't eat another mouthful. Are you sure? Oh, no, absolutely positive. I just... Thanks the same, Laura. Well, now, for certain. <laughs> and I'll
3: have another slice, eh? Now, Jesse, you've had more on your share. Besides, if you have another piece, there won't be enough for tomorrow cake ought to do for two meals. Would well, well, you just offer bread? That's different. He's company. Uh-huh. Come on, Jessie. Help me with the dishes. Yes, yeah. The dishes. But I thought Myra usually. Myra has a guest. They might like to be alone for a few minutes. Now come on, Jeff. Oh, sure, yeah. sure, sure, sure. We put the porch swing up this morning, Britt.
4: It's back early for it, I know. But there, there is a feeling of summer in the air.
2: Uh, yes, ma'am. Hey, yes. <clears throat> would you, uh, care to go out on the porch, Miss Barker?
4: We don't have to unless you really want to. I mean, just because Aunt Zoe suggested it.
2: No, no. I think I might enjoy it.
4: All right, then. I'm afraid she isn't very subtle, is she? How's that? You know perfectly well Aunt Zoe was throwing me at you. I knew she would when I invited you. Sure. Oh? The fact is, I'm sort of a disappointment to Aunt Zoe. She's done everything in her power to marry me off. So far, she hasn't had any luck. Well, the young men she's introduced me to are all very nice and pleasant. Well, the truth is, I don't want to get married.
2: Oh, oh I see. i
4: not the least bit interested in settling down and cooking meals. I like to change of scenery. I like to meet new people.
2: Uh-huh. uh-huh.
4: From what Uncle Jeff tells me about you, you feel the same way.
2: Yeah, more or less, I reckon.
4: So I thought that having you to dinner, well, it would please Aunt Zoe, and as far as we were concerned, we might get to be friends, but there'd be no danger of going beyond that point. Uh Uh-huh. Well, now that that's all settled, shall we go inside?
2: Oh, uh, well, there's no hurry, is there? I mean, uh, as long as there's no danger, uh, I mean, uh, since we have this understanding, I... it is a nice evening, isn't it?
4: Whatever you say.
2: You know, Miss Barker, I, I was just thinking, every once in a while, somebody tries to get me married off, too. Friends of mine. They, all their intentions are good, but, well, well... I know how it is. What I was getting at is this. I haven't any idea how long I'll be here in Willow Fork, and, uh, well, as long as I'm here... I was wondering if we couldn't see each other once in a while. That might take some of this marriage pressure off both of us. You see what I mean? Well,
4: I suppose so, but... And
2: uh, we wouldn't be running any risks, seeing as how we have the understanding, you know. And uh, your aunt would be pleased, my friends would be pleased, and, well, you know, you're awful good company, Miss Barker.
4: Why, thank you.
2: Well, how about it,
4: Well, all in all, I think it's a very practical idea, Mr. Ponsett. I'd be delighted to see you again.
2: Good. That's fine. Well, now, I'll get in touch with you, and then next time there's a doings, it probably won't be right away, but I'll, I'll get in touch with you.
1: are listening to the last program in our series called The Six Shooter, starring James Stewart as Britt Ponsett, the Texas Plainsman whose name is legend in the Western territories. Now act two of the story called Myra Barker.
2: Well as it turned out there was a door the very next night box supper over at the church, and since I'd sort of promised Maya that the next time there was anything going on, I... Well, anyway, we went to supper together, and the time seemed to pass by real pleasant. The next night, she was invited to a party at the Peterson house, and, well, now that I look back on it, there sure was a lot of social activity in Willow Fort during the next couple of weeks. We were going one place or another almost every night. And I was enjoying myself, too. I really was. And I was enjoying being with Myra. I, I didn't realize how much until that evening when I was walking her home from the hayride.
4: Well, Griff. Huh? You haven't said a word since we left the wagon.
2: Well, it doesn't seem to be much to talk about.
4: Oh, Well, here we are. It's pretty late. I won't ask you
2: in. Sure. Good night. Rick. Hmm?
4: What's wrong? You cross as an old bear. Well,
2: I just don't see why you had to spend the whole doggone evening with Dave Carstairs. Oh? And what were you two giggling all the time about?
4: I don't know. Dave's very amusing. Well, I
2: just don't happen to agree with you on that. Anyway, I, I brought you to the hayride, didn't I? And if he can't find himself a girlfriend, we ought to stay home.
4: Well, now, just a minute, Britt. Well? Aren't you taking a little too much for granted? We have an understanding, remember? We're not interested in each other. Romantically.
2: How do you know we're not interested? At how do you know I'm not?
4: Why, Britt?
2: I guess this is as good a time to tell you as any other. I don't know how it happened. I never thought it could... I don't see... That is, Myra, will you marry me? I know you don't care for the idea But I'm probably the last man in the world you'd ever But even so, I've got to ask
4: you you better be careful, Brett I might say yes
2: I wish you wouldn't, Mara I'd give anything in the world if you would
4: You're serious, aren't you?
2: I'm just as serious as I can be
4: But we both said that we didn't want to settle down That we weren't interested in love or marriage
2: A man can change his mind, can't he? Myra?
4: I guess if a man can change his mind, a woman can too.
3: Myra, is that you out there?
4: Yes, Uncle Jess. It's
3: time you were coming in, ain't it? It's almost 11 o'clock. I'll be
4: right along.
3: Can't you let him alone for a minute, Jess? I've got to get up in the morning, Zoe, and I need my sleep.
2: I know I haven't got much to offer you, Myra, but I've saved up a little money enough to get started. I thought maybe I could buy us a ranch. That is, if you'd like ranch life.
4: I I haven't said I'd marry you, Britt.
2: But I I thought... Well, you said you felt the same way I do, didn't you?
4: I'm in love with you, Britt. I'll admit it.
2: Well, But we're
4: not children. We're used to living our own lives, and we've never put down roots. Either one of us.
2: Well, it's high time we did.
4: I've got to think it over. Just let me sleep on it. Tomorrow night, I'll tell you
2: then. Oh, you'll say yes, my. you've just got to. I
4: don't know, Britt. I, I don't know.
2: Well, I've put in some long days in my life, but that next one, that was the longest I ever spent. Boy, every once in a while, I'd start thinking that it just couldn't be. That I hadn't really asked a girl to marry me. But then... I'd remember Myra, and it seemed like asking her to be my wife was the most sensible thing I'd ever done. Well, I had an early supper, what I could eat of it, and then I headed over to the Aldens. Myra was sitting on the porch swing. She she, she looked even prettier than she had before. Hello, Myra.
4: You're early, Britt.
2: Yeah, yeah, I guess I am.
4: I thought maybe you would be late or maybe you wouldn't come at all once you would had a chance to think things over.
2: Yeah, it wasn't me who had the thinking to do. Well, Myra...
4: Oh, Mary, Britt. Oh. I couldn't turn you down even if I thought it was best. Even if I knew it was.
2: Oh, this is the best.
4: Is this... Are you sure the day won't come when you're sorry, you're, you're tied down, when you're sorry, you can't go off a cattle drive to Kansas, or you can't head over to a new mining camp in Nevada, or you can't just be by yourself when you want to?
2: You no, know, I've had my share of cattle drives and mining camps, more than my share, and I don't want to be alone anymore, Myra. And besides, settling down will be just as hard for you as it is for me, you know. Your life will be changed, too. it
4: won't be as hard. A woman has roots even if she doesn't realize it. They're there all the time, waiting to take hold. And when she... If she has a home and a family, forgetting everything else is easy. She does her traveling and her dreaming and her wandering through her children. No, Britt, it's harder for a man.
2: But I'll, I'll manage
4: it. And the day won't come when you'll want to get in the saddle and ride up as far as the snow on the mountains. The day won't come when somebody will ask you for help, you and your six-shooter, a friend maybe, a friend who needs you.
2: you will just have to do without. Well,
4: maybe someone like Sheriff Jennings at Eagle Falls, a friend like him.
2: What makes you mention Sam Jennings? You, you don't even know him, do you?
4: A man came into the Gazette office this morning while I was there. He was from Eagle Falls. He'd said that he had some trouble there over a month ago. A shooting.
2: Well, if it was a month ago... The sheriff
4: was wounded and the man who did the shooting has a grudge against you. He was looking for you. That's why he came to Eagle Falls. Prescott, I think that was the name the man mentioned.
2: Bide Prescott? Yes,
4: that was it. Does he have a grudge against you,
2: he did have.
4: If the sheriff's wounded and want you to come over to Eagle Falls to help him
2: does Sheriff Jennings want me?
4: The man in the office said he did. There's nobody else to go after Prescott, is there? I don't know. You'd like to go after him, wouldn't you? No. But you feel you should, don't you?
2: But Prescott isn't here. Eagle Falls is over a hundred miles away. You
4: haven't answered me, Britt. Do you feel you ought to go after him?
2: Well, if what you say is so, if Sheriff Jennings got wounded on my account, if there's nobody else... Go ahead,
4: Red. Go on, Teagle Falls.
2: Do you want me to go? Yes. I want you to. But it shouldn't take long. I'll come back. No. What?
4: Don't that back, please.
2: But uh, I don't understand There'll you...
4: always be a Bide Prescott or a Sheriff Jennings. There'll always be someone or something calling to you, taking you away from me. Oh, you'd turn them down, you'd shut your ears, but you'd still hear it, Britt. And inside, you'd feel that it was me that was holding you, and it would be me.
2: No, Myra, I wouldn't blame I'd you. I'd
4: blame myself. And I wouldn't like myself very much for doing it to you. Don't you see, Britt, we're lucky this happened tonight that we found out in time. No, Myra, I... Please, Britt, don't come back. Don't! Please, do Don't! <laughs>
2: Hmm? Oh. Oh, good morning, Jess. Whoa, Scarlett. Whoa, whoa.
3: Uh, do you mind stepping into the office a minute? I'd like to talk to you.
2: Well, uh, I, uh... i not oh, take going. long. All right, Jess. Easy, boy. <clears throat> Sit down, Britt. You now, I'm kind of restless today, Jess. I... Thanks, anyway. <laughs> you
3: sure have a fiddle foot, don't you?
2: Yeah, yeah, yes, so.
3: And you're on your way out of town, huh? Yeah.
2: What about Myra? Yeah. She's a fine girl, Jess. Really a fine girl. Mm-hmm. Britt, you're leaving
3: on account of Sheriff Jennings over to Eagle Falls sent for you. Ain't that your reason? Mm, you might say so, in a way. Well, now, I don't want you to think that I meant to eavesdrop last night when you was talking to Myra, but... Somehow, Zoe forgot to shut the parlor window, and uh, we just couldn't help hearing a certain amount of what she said. Mm Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah. Well, it ain't true what Myra told you. Leastways the part about Sheriff Jennings sending for you, that ain't true. The fellow from Eagle Falls didn't even mention your name. Jennings ain't asked for your help, Britt. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I know, Jess. Huh? Well, you see, I ran into a Prescott... Three four weeks ago, and uh, well, there's no reason for anybody to be going after him now. Well, if you knew that, if you knew you didn't have to leave Willowfork, why in the name of common sense didn't you say so to mother? Well, I figured she had her reasons for making up that story about Sheriff Jennings. I I figured she was trying to turn me down without hurting my feelings. Oh, Rich, she didn't want to turn you
3: down. She was just trying to make sure you wouldn't feel you'd you'd made a mistake if you married
2: her. No, she couldn't really care for me very much, Jess. Then why did
3: she spend all night crying her eyes out? And why was Zoe up to all hours commiserating with her?
2: Well, thanks for telling me that, Jess.
3: Then you ain't leaving.
2: I'm leaving. But I'm real proud to know that Myra is somewhat fond
1: of me. Well, if you love her
2: and she loves you... Oh, it's... It's enough that she cried over me for one night, Jess. You know, I, I remember when I was a kid, my pa was like me in a lot of ways, always on the move, always off somewhere, getting a new start, taking a new job, hunting a new frontier. He loved my ma and she loved him, but she spent a lot of nights crying, a lot of nights. I just wouldn't want that to happen tomorrow. There's no reason it should. Yeah. Yes. Yes, there is. When she was telling me that story about Sheriff Jennings wanting me to come over to Eagle Falls, I I looked at myself real hard, and I knew that if it had been true, if Sheriff Jennings really had sent for me, well, it had been pretty hard for me to turn him down. Even for Myra's sake, it it'd been pretty hard. And someday I reckon I wouldn't be able to turn him down or anybody else like him. And Myra would spend another night crying, you see.
3: One of these days you'll change, but...
2: Maybe I will. Maybe I will.
3: Well, can I tell Myra that you might come back to Willow Fort?
2: No, Jess, I don't think you better. I... Of course, if I do come back and she's still... Well, maybe we'd just better wait and see what happens. So long, Britt. Good luck. Thanks, yes. I'll probably be seeing you again, for too long. Let's go, Scar.
1: series of The Six Shooter, a transcribed NBC radio network production in association with Review Productions. It is written by Frank Burt and is based on a character created by him. Mr. Stewart may currently be seen in the Universal International Picture, The Glenn Miller Story. Others in the cast were Virginia Gregg, who played Myra, D. J. Thompson, Howard McNear, and Parley Bear. Special music for this program was by Basil Adlam and the entire production is under the direction of Jack Johnstone. All characters and incidents were fictitious, and any resemblance to actual characters or incidents is purely coincidental. It's been good to be with you with the six-shooter each week, and I hope that sometime, somehow, we can do it again. This is John Wall speaking. McDonald Carey and Jason and the Golden Fleece tonight on the NBC Radio Network.
0: This has been a presentation of OTRWesterns.com, and we hope you enjoyed. Please take some time to like and rate our shows in your favorite podcast application. Follow us on Facebook by going to otrwesterns.com slash Facebook. Join in the conversation by going to otrwesterns.com slash Discord. And don't forget to send us an email, podcast at otrwesterns.com. This episode is copyright under the attribution, Non commercial, share like copyright. For more information, go to otrwesterns.com slash copyright. Have a great day. And again, thanks for listening.